Good morning. Welcome to Man Cow Talks Politics. I don't know why I have to like give a disclaimer when it comes to the, comes to shit. So the last episode I had was me and my girlfriend. We were just drinking at the house and we were down there and just carrying on and having a good old time. So we decided, like, well, let's do. I decided, like, hey, let's do a podcast real quick. It was unfiltered. Didn't care what was on there. I was like, let's do it. She's she's gonna get mad at me for saying this, but she is a bit of a hypochondriac. She used to have a bad drinking problem, and it came back a little bit recently, but not not as horrible as she thinks it did. It's it's yeah, as she thinks it did. She just beats herself up for it a lot. So she gets a bit of a hypochondriacism about things. I've had some emails about that. Like, why are you why are you letting her be a drunk? It's like, I'm not letting her. We're, we're working on it. Don't worry about it. It's all good. And uh, I don't know how. I don't know how this got misconstrued. Like, with my dad being a racist because it's really not the whole point of him saying that that, that uh, there's a difference between n-words and people he wasn't just saying black people he was saying everybody because when he grew up it's just like an evolution of language and that's what the point I was trying to get to but you know when me and, me and her, her are just drinking it uh she likes. To, she just starts talking and talking and talking. So it's so hard getting a, getting a point completely through. It's like when my dad was growing up, that meant something completely different depending on the class that you were, as far as white people goes. If you thought you were bigger and better, like some type of genetic superiority. It meant what the horrifying thing it does. Most people that were working class just classified it as, you know, someone that didn't want to work and didn't want to try to push them get get by. They wanted stuff handed to them. But that came out of the so the uh, after the civil rights era, and people started using like the NAACP to their advantage. Like I'll never forget the story my dad told me about this, uh, and there was, there was more than just this one guy, but there was a few people. My dad worked in, worked in a shop. There was a skill trades and an apprenticeship, apprenticeship program in, the in his shop. And this, uh, same, uh, black guy kept on coming in and applying for jobs there. He didn't have any, he didn't have any training on anything that was required for any of the jobs that everybody else there had taken. So after about the third or fourth time coming in trying to get into that shop, he uh, threatens to go to the to the powers that be because he feels like he's being discriminated on because he's black. Even though he didn't have any training, he had no certifications, nothing saying that he could actually work on uh, mill parts at all. No experience on a lathe whatsoever. So the bosses said, fine, fine, come in here, fine. So they put him on all the things, all the jobs that he could do that were already filled pretty much by uh, 
other people, whether it be forklift driver or even janitor for, for, for God's sakes, but they had them in the position and the pay of a, of a bill right. You know, just to shut them up because it was like he just kept on coming and every time they'd catch him my dad caught him a couple of times sleeping on the forklift down some aisle of freight so that nobody could see him you know and it's like my dad was no boss he was no tattletale but he knows that the foreman saw him multiple times doing that and you know this happened for this guy skated by with this stuff for years at that at that shop Every time he got hauled up, hauled in, and written up for something, he'd sit there and start crying racism every time. You know, and my dad, he's always been pretty fair when it comes to stuff. Because there's, there's there's guys that he's worked with of all races, shapes, and, form, and forms that bust their ass and they know their shit, and they got my dad's respect for it. It doesn't matter, just like anybody else. But... This guy was obviously just trying to play the race card to keep a job that he wasn't even doing because he was had the position and the pay of a millwright, but he was getting doing all the jobs that you know he was you know he never touched a lathe because he wouldn't then have the training for it. They offered him put put him through training for it. He said no, he didn't want to. It's like this guy was pulling out. This was this was prime in the heart of when just after uh, affirmative action started. So everything was really high tension as far as, you know, no company wanted to piss off the NAACP. So it just kept on and kept on and kept on. And uh, one day, uh, the bosses had enough of it, brought him in, fired him. He stormed out of there saying he was going to call the NAACP. So they show, they show up, a couple representatives from them, and the foremans, I guess, come in and drop a stack of papers, all the write-ups he's had over the past years, and all the evidence and the stills of, that they printed out from video or, or surveillance footage and VHS tapes of him, you know, knocking stuff over or just standing around smoking cigarettes instead of working. Like, there was such a mountain of evidence that the pile was like, I'd say like six, six inches deep just of paperwork. And they took a, started taking a look through it, and they told him, "Sorry, there's nothing we can do for you." And they left, and he lost his job because they had so much on him over such a long period of time, and it was such a regular incident. And it's like affirmative action was great. My dad will even say that affirmative action was great because there was a lot of bosses that even he experienced that were just like just straight up racist. They did not want black people around at all. But at the same time, it had the opposite effect in cases like that. And there was other cases like that my dad's experienced. Where it was like employers had like a knife to their throat if they ever did anything against, you know, they had to have three, four, five times the evidence of a firing for somebody if they were black than if they were white. You know, it's... And even, even for that matter... My dad was like, it was so weird because it was like, it was, he needed so, all this evidence for against black people, but, you know, Hispanics would get axed for small little things. It was almost like they were paying the price. And this is anecdotal, obviously, from stories my dad would tell me. It's like they were paying the price for the, for the affirmative action for black folks. 
So, I don't know, it's, it's freaking weird. I only ever had one instance where something like that was almost perpetrated when I, since my careers of being, you know, bosses and retail and whatever. And, uh, it actually wasn't even from somebody that was black. It was, it was this, uh, young girl, this little white girl. She was one of those really, I didn't realize at the time because I wasn't very politically active, but she was one of them, uh, like far left political advocates. And back then, far left didn't mean communist or socialist. It just meant far left, like every extreme position outside, um, opposite of what conservative was, was pretty much what far left was back then. And, you know, that include, included, uh, radical feminism and like at the job I was at there were standards that I had to hold all associates to right so there was uh we'll say for instance you had uh say for instance you had uh like for working freight right 40 to 60 cases an hour was how fast freight was supposed to get processed by people out on the floor working it. And that's not bad, considering, you know, if it's roughly a case a minute, maybe a little lower, just because, you know, if you're if you're out there on the sales floor trying to work the stuff, and you're not familiar with the apart- department, you might take you a minute to find where it's supposed to go. Okay, that's fine. That's why it's 40 to 60 cases. And if you're not you're not there, we were pretty liberal with it. If, you, if it was the first time you ever worked, like, uh, health and beauty with all the makeup and shit. Holy shit. I didn't care if somebody did 20 cases an hour, as long as they were doing something, you know? It's like, especially if they had never been there before. You know, you, you just kind of, as a boss, you had to use your own discretion and make sure things were, you know, relatively fair. Well, this one will work. We put her right in HBA because she loved HBA so much. And, uh, you know, she did her thing. And uh, she was there probably about three months. And I never clocked her at anything more than about 11 cases an hour. That was the most I had ever clocked her at. So I started kind of walking by the department just to see what was going on, right? And, you know, she was sitting there playing on her little Nokia phone. Like, this was back when phones first started getting to the point where they could text and everything. So, you know, all the kids were texting and whatnot. Not being on social media, but just texting. And uh, where she would be talking to... Uh, other associates in other departments, like she just wander over to the pet department and start talking to them, you know, and joking around, or, you know, guys would come up to her and she'd be flirting with them and everything. She wasn't doing a damn thing. You know, I could fit, you know, could easily fit, like, 30, 40 cases of HBA on a, on a cart to take out there, and she'd be the entire, the entire night, she'd barely get it done. You know, because more than half the night we were all throwing or uh, unloading trucks. So, either way, I made the mistake of because we had a couple, we had a eclectic mix of a uh, uh, bunch of different types of managers back then, and I made the mistake of going out uh, like I was going to bring her in. Like I, I gave her a bunch of warnings, like you need to get going faster here, and you can't keep on wandering off and talking to people. And she tried to tell me, I'm not. I'm like, I'm. we're standing in the pet department in front of another associate that you were talking to. You are wandering off and talking to other people. 
you're a horrible liar. Uh, I don't know what reality you're living in, but it's not the right one. Like, this woman was just... She was there to collect a paycheck. That's all she wanted to do. She didn't think she had to work. She wanted to collect a paycheck. And she thought the big businesses owed her something. Even though she didn't realize that, you know, this might be a Fortune 500 company, like a big box company, but it's uh, our store is still responsible for our bottom lines, which means if you're not screwing the big company, you're screwing the store and the other people that live there or, or work there by slacking off. But anyway, I digress. So she ends up one day, I finally have enough of it. I bring her in to write her up. And if if a male supervisor or manager is writing up a female associate, there has to be a female assistant manager present. Uh, It's just how the rules were. It's completely understandable. Well... The manager that was on duty that night when I had enough of it, um, I should have kind of known. She was one of those that was, uh, like, I had worked around her from store to store. She almost, like, followed pretty much wherever I transferred for the better part of 15 years. And she, uh, it's like one of those things where you you just kind of notice a trend, but you don't really want to notice the trend. And I didn't notice it completely until after this instance. Uh, basically, I tried to write the chick up, and she gave this sob story about how I was stalking her and everything. And, and and this chick and this the manager was just like, yeah, like yeah, she's she's a, she's a, she's upset. She's upset. It's it's fine. We're we're not going to worry about this today or whatever. You need to be you need to be a little bit more vigilant on making sure that you're being fair toward everybody. And I'm like the hell are you talking about i have all this i have all this read the file it's not about me you know the other supervisors have noticed it too i have complaints from other departments about her wandering in there and ta- and distracting the associates there no the manager wouldn't hear it she was just all about a woman woman crying so you know obviously she's right and it started all picking it together in my head that in the 15 years that i worked with this woman i've never once seen her promote a guy to anything I was like, that's what it is. That's what it is. Like, all the time she's been over departments that were majority guys, like unloading or, 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 uh, the backroom management team or whatever else, like, or, or, uh, in stock team. Like, all the times that she's been over departments that were like 90% guys in there, she never once, 15 years, promoted anybody or gave anybody any seats on their review that was a guy but this is the same woman that gave a gave a girl that was two months into the job the lead position of the, of the back room ones over people that had like years more experience than her and she pretty much quit a week after she started because she couldn't handle the pressure I was like mm. I mean the, I don't think we were even making it hard on her it was just she was flustered all the time because she didn't know what the hell was going on it's like either way there's like little moments like that the the times that you notice that there is being some type of prejudice you know that uh and it might be reversed it might be like well they're trying to look out for the the little guy or the the underwhelmed one it's like but you got to be smart about it it's like if she would have picked 
There was a girl I always worked with named Tamia. If she would have picked her for that job, she would have owned that shit. Like, left and right owned that shit. But she didn't, like, fit into the corporate model or, like, her mouth. She was a very, very, very... She swore like a sailor. Whew! But that woman could fucking work. And that was always funny, too, because she was, like, five foot two, and somehow she would stack up boxes so high on her cart so she wouldn't have to make multiple trips out to the sales floor and back to the back room to pick up more. She'd pick up... She'd be, like, double her height. I'm like, how the hell are you going to get that down? She's like, I'm going to just shake the cart. It'll fall. Like, what the hell, woman? <laughs> like, she had a hell of a work ethic. But, like, it would always be the brown noticers the girl would, would uh, promote. Alternatively speaking, there's the co-manager at the time of that store. Uh, she was completely opposite to the first manager that kind of botched the whole write-up process. She uh, found out that I tried to write her up. And the other girl, the other manager, shot it down. And she came to me. She's like, next time you bring that girl in, you make sure I'm there. Because I've seen her mess up. I've read that file. She does not, she doesn't deserve to work here. I mean, not that maybe, not like it's a privilege, but she's like, you know, if, if you bring her in again, make sure that I'm here. Because I will make sure that this shit's going to be fair. I'm like, all right. Because that... And eventually, eventually the she ended up getting fired. I wasn't the one that fired her on it, ironically enough. That co-manager was the one that fired her on my day off. I was like, <laughs> but I mean, it's not like it's not like you have to. It's not like it's instantaneous. It's like the woman had probably near a dozen warnings, and then started the write-up process, which was a verbal first, and then it was a written, and then it was like a one more warning, like, hey, you do this shit again, you're gonna be gone. Uh, and then she was gone. So, I mean, it was, we didn't even need to that third step, that third, that third verbal. That's like not even a part of protocol. It was supposed to go one, two, three, gone after the warnings were done. But we were trying, trying to get it through her head. And, you know, it's like people like that, they live in their own little world. Like, oh, well, you know, nothing ever bad's going to happen to me. I'll just scream that, oh, I'm a girl and you're, and you're being harassing or something. Like, um, no, that's not how that works. Like, not how that works at all, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, but it sucks because it's like, there there are people out there that to use their protected class status or whatever for being a woman or being a, being, being a minority or something like that, and they abuse it. And that, that... I honestly think that's the source of any kind of discrimination and racism that happens today for a lot of regular people, you know, because we all, like, I don't know a single, I mean, I don't know, it might be different if you're listening to this and you're in a rich neighborhood and you've never had to deal with other people, but it's like, once you get out into the work, working world, you always know at least one person that's trying to play that card. There's always at least one person. It's not necessarily a black person. It could be a white person. It could be a woman. It could be a. It could be somebody Hispanic. It could be Asian. Never really, honestly, never really Asian because like I've never met one that wasn't like some god tier fucking superhuman mind shit. I don't know. It's weird. I don't understand what the hell it is with 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 Asian folks. They never have. I never have a problem with them. Uh, it's not. I ain't even trying to be reverse racist right now. Like, everyone that ever had work for me or work around me, it's always been 
good work ethic, very understanding, very, very, uh, uh, very intelligent. Uh, yeah, they, they did what the hell they're supposed to do. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't freaking know, man. Uh, <laughs> but, and I can't explain where that comes from. I really can't. I'm sure there's some lazy Asians out there. I mean, hell, look at Tim Pool. He's like a quarter Asian. He's kind of lazy, if you think about it. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, he has a hell of a work ethic, but he's just, it's not like a, one of those things where it's like he doesn't just, he didn't like go the stereotypical go be a lawyer, go be a doctor type of thing, you know, that there's, when there's heavy Asian influence on a family. He was like, you know, he dropped out of high school and he went off and started doing his own thing and he, was driven by it. He kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. I mean, he had that dedication, which was fine. Wasn't the same dedication or wasn't the same as uh, going to the, going to school for being a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, but still, at the same time, got that tenacity. But still, the, the career field of just sitting there reading the news to a camera all day is kind of lazy if you think about it. I mean, mentally it's draining, but physically, you ain't doing shit, bro. I mean, aside from skating all day, you ain't doing nothing. Just giving, just saying. Just saying. But, but yeah, I don't know what, I don't know why that, that, well, I do know why, because I didn't finish explaining the whole thought process. I don't know why that, like, flipped over into, like, my dad being a racist or something like that. It wasn't, the story wasn't meant to be like that. Because there's, there's, the end of that is what I'm talking about. It's people that, people that use the system that's supposed to help people to take advantage of it so they don't have to do anything with themselves. You know, that's generally the whole, like, hand me out, like, I deserve, I deserve, I want, I deserve type of shit. Uh, that that whole mentality is what my dad was talking about or it's like you know there's a difference between people that are the n-word and people that are, are just regular folks because realistically it's like the experience that most of most of his gen, old though well he's older but he didn't have this experience like i said until later on like my dad grew up kind of the similar in a similar situation than me and my brother and them grew up is that you know bottom of the barrel didn't matter what you looked like everybody was the same because we were all just trying they were all just trying to get by you know the first instance of like like he knew about the the colloquial like the old school racism and stuff like that and he knew some people that were like that but the first time that he actually ever experienced anything like the reverse was when he was at that shop dealing with people like that guy that we were talking about, then you needed a, mount, a stacked mountain to, of evidence for, you know, because it doesn't make you feel good when, you know, you've worked, you know, 20 years at a shop working your way up the ladder to get paid and, and maybe like going through all the training and, all, and everything you need to do, knowing everything you need to do to, to run a machine and, you know, whatever. And another somebody else comes in and you know, just screams, I'm black, so they get in there with no training, no experience whatsoever, get paid almost the same amount as you do, but all they do is drive a forklift around all day and sleep all day, or half the day. You know, that's that doesn't feel good. Kind of feels like a slap in the fucking face, you know? And it's like, 
it'd be him my dad said it would have been different if this guy was an older guy coming in because if he was an older guy at this point in time he could have believed that maybe he experienced some of the actual racism that was back in the back in the 60s you know getting hosed from the from the protests and everything like that and, you know but like at that point in time especially in that city with how many people my dad knew it was, this guy this guy probably wasn't experiencing anything near what his his dad and his granddad did you know it's like just some snot-nosed kid coming in trying to get something for nothing. Figured out how to work the system so he could, you know. But, I don't know. But that's generally what I think it, nowadays a, most regular old people think about when they think about, you know, uh, the N-word used as for anybody... Because anybody can be there. Anybody can be on that page of, like, let's work the system so that we don't have to do a goddamn thing but sit around all day. Hell, one of my cousins, okay, she literally doesn't do a goddamn thing all day. She has a couple kids, and she just gets paid by the state to lay around all day and do nothing and just try to be a half-ass mother. Well, she tells the state that the dad's not around, but she has, like, you know, her third baby's daddy, like, living with her. You know, but the state doesn't know that, so they can stay in little low-income housing. It's people like that that piss me off. Well, he's working a job that makes him fifty grand a year, so they're pretty much getting paid or getting fed for free, right? They're never going to get married because then, oh, they're going to lose all that. They get to live in low-income housing, you know. I mean, the dude's making fifty grand a year. It doesn't. It, he's like the people that work the system that way are just make you fucking sick for anybody that's actually trying to do things the right way you know it's it's literally literally the problem that always comes up with communism you know it's like people that no 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 lost the phone okay we're good sorry didn't mean to drop you I took a turn it's just like the same thing that happens with people that you know, bitch about communism, like God knows I have a million times. You know, you have, um, you have, you know, if, if, if too many people realize that too many other people are just not doing anything and getting by and they're still getting the same amount, if not more than the people that are busting their ass, pretty soon the people that are busting their ass are going to be like, no, I ain't doing it anymore. <laughs> I don't care. I'll just sit around and get the same amount that you do. And then once nobody's producing anything, everybody starts getting less and that's how people start to starve you know like right now right now in america it's like it's pretty much you don't get that type of exploitation of the system too much when it's like in a smaller town or even a medium-sized city like like the one i'm from you'll still get it but it won't be too prevalent you know so the people that work and produce and all that out in the rural areas like, you don't really have to worry about that too much. About running out of food, for example. But I guarantee you, if that's if that stuff started creeping across the country, the same shit started happening across the country, you're going to have a lot of motherfuckers like, nope, I ain't working no more, fuck you. Maybe that's what's happening right now. No, I'm going down different, different rabbit holes now. It's just the, it's just the point that, you know, like I watch... Like, I don't get why 
I don't get why it's a hard thing for people to to grasp that you know you can be uh, you can be an ignorant human being that just cares about themselves, does has no self-respect or pride for their own work, doesn't care about the people around them enough to give a fuck. Like that's that's that that's that definition, at least to my at least to my dad. And it made and it made sense when I was growing up. Mostly because oh the train's coming. Oh, I'm not taking that way. You know, and mostly because of instances like that. You know, I haven't had many instances like that, so I don't really worry about trying to even think of people in terms of that. Like I said, most of the guys that I grew up with and girls, you know, they're they're hardworking people. It doesn't matter what they look like, you know. And they're all they were all screwed in the same way. And the fucked up thing is, is like it's still out of all of us growing up in the neighborhood, the motherfuckers that made it the best were black. And they never took and they never took advantage of any of the, those fucking programs. They never took advantage of affirmative action. You know? It's like well, my one buddy that's in real estate I talk about here and there. He literally self-taught himself fucking everything. Like he took advantage of the internet really fucking early. Really fucking early. And he learned what the fuck he had to learn. He saved and scraped up his money and he slowly got into it. And now shit, man. He never took a handout from nobody. It's like, I don't know. I, and that pisses me off, though, too. It's like I have conversations with some liberals sometimes, especially the far le- farther left ones. You know, and I'll tell them, tell them his story, and they'll be able to sit there and be like, well, yeah, because, you know, we, we, we had programs set up so that he could do that. It's like, no, he didn't take help from anybody. And they were, like, so sure that a black man couldn't get ahead without their permission. I was like, fuck off, you bitch. Oh, God, that shit pisses me off. It's like they act like, like, unless there's some type of program to allow black people to do something. They, I swear to God, it's like people that are on the left need to really check themselves and make sure that they're not fucking racist before they open their fucking mouths. You know? <laughs> it's like, there's no difference... No, there's no di- okay the skin color is different there you go congratulations that's it everything else is the same they have the same mental acuity that we do they can think the same they have the same drives ambitions instincts everything the same as we do doesn't fucking matter stop acting like you have to change the system a bit to make it work for them you know there are some systems that are fucked but as far as like getting getting out there and doing hard work and making the right decisions for your life and getting out getting out there and making money, that shit hasn't changed in a hundred years. If it, if it if it was anything different, if it had changed, my buddy Quincy he wouldn't he wouldn't be fucking worth like seven digits right now or six digits right now, whatever, whatever the fuck he's worth. I know he's got I know he's got at least a million in the bank all the damn time. Most of it's for, like, upkeep and repairs on his properties, but shit. It's like... Ugh. Anyway. Anyway. I'm almost to my truck yard, so I'm going to pop off of here. It's been 20, 30 minutes, something like that. 
I just wanted to get some of that stuff out. It wasn't like, I don't honestly care. It's like if someone wants to think a certain way of me or my dad, yeah, you go right ahead. You don't need to listen to us anymore or listen to me anymore. It's just a matter of, you know, it's, it, I hate people that are absolutists, that they think that, you know, bad shit only happens from one side, you know? It's like, hey, someone's the minority, they're the little guy, so they can never do anything wrong ever as long as they exist. It's like, no, that's not how it works, man. People can do fucked up shit on both sides. And sometimes, sometimes more than often, they're doing it to somebody on the other side that you would think is always the bad guy but really is just trying to get by and they're fucking over a good man or a good woman you know that's why we don't think in terms of collective groups on a on a on a on a micro scale like individuals don't sit there and say oh, well I am all white people or I'm all white black people they think I am me I have my experiences you know that's why it's like like the whole like well you're racist because you're white I'm sorry I lived in the fucking bare bones basics nothing of fucking society for the first half of my life I was like fucking not even living from check to check constantly in fucking debt trying to make it by you know working a couple jobs trying to get there like that that is the experience that a lot of people have regardless of the skin the color of their skin and when you come out and try and tell somebody oh you're a racist you're white or you're oppressed because you're black and it's like that's not true in 100% of the cases it's not true in a lot of the cases you know the only thing that the only thing that keeps oppressing a lot of people a lot of people are still oppressed only because they allow themselves to believe that they are. And I learned that very early on anecdotally because of Quincy. He got out there and made something of himself by himself with his own hands, learning it for himself, never taking a handout from nobody. That's how he got where he had to be. And did he run, did he run into some old fucks that were still like the traditional way of racist that just didn't want to, like he went for a loan in the bank, which was like, nah, because he was black? I'm sure he did. He told me about one, but it's like, he's like, the great thing is about America is that, you know, if you got one door closed over here, two more open down the street. He got what he needed to get done, done. It was a little harder, sure, in certain aspects, but most of the time, he just pushed right through it, like it wasn't even there. And it's like, if you can, if you can sit there and, if you can sit there and just say, fuck it. And if something comes up like that, you just say, no, I'm pushing through. I'm just going to get it done. If you do that enough, you ain't got to... It's just just like pushing through and not even acknowledging the fact that there's anything wrong with that situation. Because the more time you dwell on that, the less time you're actually moving forward and making your money. I don't know. I guess that's kind of his philosophy. At least from talking to him back in the day. I need to hit that motherfucker up again. I ain't talked to him in a long ass time. But anyway, y'all have a good day. I'm going to get started on work. And, uh, yeah, cheers and shit. Uh, it's my Thursday. I don't know how bad today is going to be, but we will find out, right? All right. Move, motherfucker. Whoop.